teach you everything you need to know about the scanner radio hobby. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and I have been scanning since about the time that I could crawl. See, my parents and my grandparents had scanners in their homes, and I grew up with scanner radios. And my goal here on Scanner School is to pass some of the knowledge that I have about the scanner radio hobby over to you, because I love talking about the scanner radio hobby, and I love teaching people about the scanner radio hobby. Now, today we've got a really great podcast for you because I want to introduce you to John Derby. Now, John reached out to me and wanted to be a podcast guest because he had a couple of questions for me. And this is one of those flip the script or pass the microphone around kind of podcast episode where John has questions for me about how I got started with the podcast, what kind of equipment I use, and I don't want to steal any of this thunder and tell you what some of the questions are, but that's the kind of podcast episode that this is going to be. Now, John came to me, right? John filled out the form at scannerschool.com slash guest, and he showed up and we rest is history, right? The rest is recorded here for you to listen to. Now, here's the trick. It's a conversation, okay? This is something that I've been trying to stress a little bit here on the podcast because I'm looking to get more people to come on the podcast and share their stories or ask their questions or, you know, even if you want to do a tutoring session, I'd be more than happy to trade tutoring for podcast episodes. So uh, it's a conversation. It's two people talking instead of talking over the phone or talking in person. We're using Zoom and we're using the microphones and video is completely optional. But it's a conversation. Okay. There's nothing to be nervous about, nothing to be scared, nothing to be all, you know, all crazy nervous, right? It's a conversation. And that's what I'm trying to get here is that it's very relaxed and everything goes to an editor and it's a really good time to come on the podcast and be part of the Scan Nerds community because that's really what this is all about. So I'm done rambling on here. Let's go ahead and get into this conversation that John had and uh, let, yeah, let's let him take it. So with that, Welcome, John, to the podcast. John, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. It's um, it's good to have you here. Bill, thank you for having me. I'm I'm very much looking forward to this. Yeah, yeah, me too. So again, this is your idea. It's a great idea. It's a different idea. So I do want to thank you for bringing this forward. But before we get into what we're going to talk about today, why don't you take a second here just to uh, introduce yourself to everybody who's listening? Sure. As uh, you, you mentioned, my, my name is John Derby. I've been a listener of the podcast now for probably about two years. Uh, I think I started getting into it and uh, been an amateur licensee holder for six, seven years at this point. I'd have to go back and look. But before that, going way back into the end of the 90s, I was a police dispatcher here in New Jersey. So I kind of stayed within that public safety realm. I'm now on the software side as a civilian. But I've always been interested in having you know radio somewhere in the distance that I could hear things, and then I found your podcast, and it's kind of rekindled that for me. 
Uh, so I, I appreciate it. You know, listening to you, listening to the people you've had on, the material you've covered, having the opportunity to speak with you is 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 just been been an honor. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Thank you very much for again, like I said, bringing us uh, bringing us here. So uh, a little bit of history as a police dispatcher in New Jersey, huh? Yes. So, yeah, I did about sure four was, years. Four years yeah. when I was in college. Okay, so you did while you were in college. So yep. that's that's interesting. And uh, now you said now you're doing the uh, the software side. So it's good to see you still involved with something like that. And uh, I can understand why you'd want to hear some radios. But I also know a couple of guys that when they're in that kind of industry, they they hear it all day and they say like, "That's it, we're done." <laughs> I leave it at work because I can't I can't listen to it anymore. So I'm happy to hear that you've been able to uh, kind of rekindle that interest in uh, in radios and and hearing what's going on around you. Absolutely, and I, I probably should have mentioned during the introduction even before. I became involved in public safety. My mother was a, a volunteer uh, with a local EMS squad. So we okay. always had either her page or a scanner in the background too, since I was you know, in elementary school. Gotcha. So it's something that you're very familiar with, even yep. though, yeah, excellent. I think a lot of us had that same kind of story where, you know, we were growing up as kids and, and there was a radio on in the background and, you know, that kind of either led us into listening or at least being aware of it or maybe getting involved somehow. A lot of people I talk to all seem like they've they've pulled this hobby from their parents in one form or another. So it's really cool to kind of see that it does it does you know transfer from one generation to another. So Absolutely. hopefully you transfer it down to uh, your children as well. I know I'm trying to to transfer it to my daughter, so she she I'm, likes it. <laughs> I, I'm trying to too, and it, it you know the the kids make fun of me. Yeah, and the wife gives me the side glance, but it, but it, as soon as you hear a siren or the lights go out, the first thing I want to know is what do I know? What have I heard? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. Yeah, you all of a sudden now you're a good source of information, but absolutely. Other than that, you're just a nuisance, right? That's <laughs> it. Just 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 a weirdo until I'm important. <laughs> yep, I know. Even with the neighbors, it's like you, you know what's going on here. It's like what? Just because I have antennas in the house, it means I know what's going on around here. Come on. Yep. So, <laughs> and then the look they give you when you tell them, "Oh, I just didn't happen to have it on at that point." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what do yeah, you mean? Ex- we thought you're listening all the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, come on, it was three o'clock in the morning. Well, you, you really were sleeping. You weren't listening. So yeah, it happens all the time. So, what are you listening to now on the scanner? Are you still listening to PD, or or what are you what are you focusing on? Uh, yeah, actually, I am. I'm lucky enough that the town I live in is unencrypted, uh, okay. so I can hear I can hear it all. Actually, most of the towns around here are analog unencrypted. So That's good. I, I've I've got a basic. I think it's the 125. Uh huh. Good radio. Yep, and uh, it gets pretty much everything that that I need. I do want to get a little bit further out. Uh, that's why I asked you the question about putting the uh, the disc cone in the attic. Uh-huh. Um, there's the county next to me does have a digital system P25, so I want to be able to pick that up. So I've been doing your SDR class online and starting to play with that a little bit. Uh, so eventually, I think I'm going to end up having to upgrade the actual scanner that I have to to be able to do that because I think it's very interesting what you can do with the SDRs, but I don't think it's quite. And maybe I'm I'll learn more, but I don't think it's quite as convenient for scanning. You know, if you know the, what you want to target, I think it's pretty good. But to kind of just have it running in the background, I don't think it's quite as easy to use as a scanner dedicated for that purpose. It depends what you want to listen to. So if you want to do scanning, like scan a bunch of frequencies, then yeah, it's a little bit cumbersome to do that. But if you want to go into the trunk systems and you know monitor a P25 system or an EDAC system, a Merle Type 2 system, you can easily do that with the SDR stuff. It's specific software that we didn't cover in the basic class. That's more in the advanced class. So there's software like Unitrunk or SDR Trunk, DSD Plus, uh, Fastlane. 
just name a couple of those that that will do that really well. And there's there's other bolt-ons you can get to that, like uh, Trunk Recorder, and that will allow you to create playlists based off certain talk groups, so you never miss a transmission. A lot of crazy stuff that you can do once you get into um, you know software-defined radios. But you're right, though it, it it's it's really dependent on what it is you want to do. And I think a lot of the development is on this trunk system analyzing and logging and going that route with it. So that's where a lot of us spend our time with the at least with the software-defined radios for radio communication. So, yeah, absolutely. Do you think the uh, Uniden or uh, Whistler or anybody will get into that market? That's, I was wondering, you know, with the technology being so easily, readily available at that level that they would want to almost black box something and give you an application front end so you have the familiarity of, of a UI that you would have on a traditional scanner, mm-hmm. but you're not locked to that UI. If they add a new feature, they can allow you to change the layout. Add, add that a button on your screen that, that yeah, does that a thing. Would, that would be interesting because I know that uh, there was a company, Blue Tail Technologies, that tried something like that. It was built based off of OP25, and it was a black box with some software on it that you would push the software to the radio, but you still need some software to control it. But that would be interesting if you did in a whistler came out with something that was more software-based, and yeah, you license the software, and you can run it. That's interesting. That would be something we don't have yet. I know like, like the SDS, right? It's software-defined based. And when I did my Home Patrol 3 podcast and, and video, like what I would like to see in a future Home Patrol, I was asking to have a software base with this waterfall display on there. But this is a different spin. I like what, you had, what, you're, what you're suggesting here. And I think that would be neat. Even if you don't need to buy their software-defined radio, so to say, but you buy the application from them that does everything we're familiar with and it imports it from Sentinel or, you know, I'm just spitballing here, but that would be really cool. And I think that would be something that could keep even keep Whistler afloat without having to create the TRX 100 to the 200, right? Just create an interface and license that would be, uh, would be something different. Yeah, they could do so, that. And they could even bring in skins of previous models. So you could yeah. have all the technology of today, but maybe you want to look like the scanner your dad had on your screen. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? Whistler may actually have rights to that based on the fact they bought GRE. And GRE's been making radios for Radio Shack for, for decades, right? And their own stuff. So it's quite possible that you might, I mean, I don't know if, if it's something that's possible, but you know, like a Pro 2006 could be a skin that you could use yep. that a lot of people use or a Patrolman or something like that that dates back into the 70s. So uh, that would be really cool. To find out, almost you know. almost resto modding for the scano world. Yeah, yeah, definitely something like a resto mod. Yeah, exactly. So you know, there might be somebody listening right now who's taking notes. That's like, oh, I'm a software developer. I mean, you know, <laughs> or maybe you, are, you know, dealing with software. Hey, but, just make uh, sure you send Phil and I a copy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We want rights. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty cool. So that that's uh, that's proof of thought. I like that idea. It's, it's, it's one of these things, right? When we talk to people about radios, especially on you know the podcast, just in general, it's like the ideas that come up, what are the people are looking for to, to do or to have. You know, I spoke with uh, you know a couple of people. It's just like these ideas just come out, you know, and you talk radio with people. It's uh, you're not sitting there by yourself enjoying a hobby. It's, that's for sure. There's definitely a huge community that uh, that comes along with this. So, but you don't get this interaction when you're on keyboard to keyboard. You know, you, it, it's really great to be on a on a voice platform to be able to uh, to bounce these ideas and, and to understand what the other person's saying. So very interesting. I agree with you. 
So let's get into why uh, why you contacted me and and uh, why you wanted to be on the podcast today. So you uh, you've got a couple of questions, and I will let you actually take the uh, the microphone from here on out for a little bit and uh, let you drive, so to speak. All right. Well, if, thank you. If you don't thank mind. you for trusting me with that. <laughs> no, <laughs> let's see no where problem. this goes. <laughs> yeah. No well, pressure. <laughs> as I was looking to the catalog, and by the way, congratulations on, on going into your sixth year. As uh, I, I was preparing for this, you had two two hundred seventy episodes, I think. Yeah, we're going. We're we're in year five right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And uh, you know that, that's that's amazing. And January second, two thousand eighteen, from my note here, I think it was the first one that they hit the street. At least that was yep. a street date for it, right? I don't know when yes. you recorded it. Now that's actually one of my questions. But I'm curious what. How long were you formulating the idea that you wanted to, to do a podcast before you, you you started, you know, writing the script or recording it and actually picking the day I'm going to release it on January 2nd, 2018? You know, what was the backstory there? What was the thought process to I'm going to create a podcast and how long did it take you to, to get from the idea in your head to hitting the send button or whatever you do to post the podcast for the first time? So I had the idea for the podcast I don't know if it was 2017 or earlier than that. What was happening was I was giving a yearly presentation at a local event here called Ham Radio University. And that would be usually the first weekend of every new year. And I was giving a scan radio course on how to scan Long Island. And the first two or three years that I gave the course, there was not a, 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 an empty seat in the room. And it was like a typical classroom at a college. And people were listening from the hallway. So I started getting this idea that, okay, you know, people are interested in hearing somebody talk about scanner radio, especially locally here. And just by running my own websites and looking at radio reference and even programming scanners for people, because that's what I was doing for quite a while at that point, was a lot of the same questions kept coming up. And I, I enjoy teaching people about the scanner radio hobby. And I wanted to find a platform that I could teach more people about the basics of scanning a little bit more advanced about scanning and i thought podcasting would be a great idea now again we're going back five years now right it's a different landscape and technology changes rather quickly and at that time podcasting is big was big but not as big as it is now but also youtube wasn't as front and center as it is today also if i were to redo it today i might be concentrating just on YouTube, whereas today I'm shifting focus to YouTube, but I'm still keeping the podcast, so to speak. So I don't think if I, if I started today, I don't know if I, I would do podcasting, right? But it's so there was an idea, and I was playing around with this idea that I could start podcasting. And I was listening to a lot of podcasts, and there was one podcast that really caught my ear, and I was just absorbing all the information that came out of it. It was called, uh, it is still called Smart Passive Income with Pat Flynn. With the idea of, you know, you do this online marketing thing and, and et cetera, et cetera. And this guy is making millions of dollars on, on his thing. But the reason is, is because his course costs $700, right? So I got into this knowing that my goal wasn't to make millions of dollars because I'm not doing that with, 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 the, with the scanner radio hobby because I know that most scanner radio users will, will complain about spending $30 for a piece of software, right? And, sure. and, and will complain that the latest radio is, is $600. So I know there's not, I'm not doing this for the money, right? Or, or, the, or the famous with that. I'm doing it to help people. That was, that was really what the goal was. I know this is a long answer. We're getting there. So the idea came about 
2017, in September, I purchased a course called Power Up Podcasting. And that was my that was my commitment to myself that I was going to start podcasting because I'm invested now. And in that course, they go through all the equipment you need and how to use the software. And one of the things they come to is they have you print out this, this action item sheet and it says, pick your date. So I said, well, I'm taking this course. It's beginning of October. Like I always do, I always seem to over overdo it with myself and, and, and come up with unrealistic goals and deadlines. And I said that, well, I have two months. So January 2nd is the first Tuesday of the new year. And I'm going to release on every Tuesday. That's my start date. And I think I released two episodes that day just to kind of get an intro episode out and then give people something to listen to if they were coming on board really early. So that's kind of how I got into the whole podcasting things. I, at that time, I was just, I was listening to podcasts basically all the time. And it wasn't like all these true crime things or it was a lot of these online business things and podcasting tips and and how to do online marketing. And, and I was really into that whole environment of, of how to teach other people online through podcasting. So that's, that's what was my, that's what I did. It's, oh. Wow. That's, that's aggressive to, to start the course in October, set your goal a few months later and hit it with two episodes of the first shot. That's, that's, that's impressive. Yeah. And, and, and it took from then it was, I hired somebody locally here who was in college to help me build the website and to get everything on there. I hired an artist to draw pictures of uh, Squelchy, right? Who's the logo. I hired somebody to do the intro. So the early intros you hear came from an online service, which I think I got just at the end of December. Like it came in just, it squeaked in just in time for me to have that. And everything kind of just came together, like at the very end, like how most projects happen. And then it was like, that's great. It's here. It's done. And then I was like, oh, I got to do this again next week. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, yeah, it, it was, it's a, it's been a roller coaster. So, wow. So, you got two episodes out the first time. How how much of a list did you have starting off with episodes? I mean, you, you made the goal of every Tuesday you're going to hit. So did you have 52 items ready to go for that first calendar year? Or did you have six? And then a few weeks in, you, you you had some more and you wrote them down. What was, where did that go? I mean, the original, I think I've got from the, from my list, the first 41 of them have been turned into podcast episodes. And then peppered into it, you know, I got like line 47 was episode 40, line 48 was episode 39. But just going through and, and digging through here, yeah, it could be about 100 episodes that I had I had figured out, maybe a little bit more. So uh, it was quite a bit. And I even, I even touched on all of those, but quite a bit. In fact, it's funny because today we have got AI that can help out with this kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. I actually put in just this week into chat was it chat gpt or something like that and i said give me 100 topics about the scanner radio hobby that i can do a podcast episode on or something something to that and it spits out 100 topics right and i go through the list i'm like did it did it did it did it did it did it, did it. so it's <laughs> like it's like all right well you know because i got 200 episodes i was looking for like fresh content like what can i do next week and that's always a problem like What's next week's going to be? What's next week's going to be? And, and this this month, it was like, 
okay, what am I going to do this month? You know, I'm getting to that point where it's just like, what am I doing next? <laughs> so, but even AI couldn't help me at this point. So I do have a list and the list currently, let me go down to the bottom here. I've got 452 lines on my episode guy list. So we still got plenty we could talk about. It's amazing how many things just pop up that, uh, that we can go through. So, and hopefully the listener pool keeps reaching out to you and giving you ideas as well. Exactly. And that's really what it is. If somebody comes to me and they said, you know, I have an idea for a podcast episode that usually goes straight up to the top because if somebody's asked me for that, then I know that that's just one voice of probably many that have the same idea. So if anybody's got any episode suggestions, bring them to me. I can always use them. Are there any pre episodes that never made it to air? You know, recording practice recordings. Do you, do you ever go back to them and listen or did you ever make them? No, actually, the first episode was the first episode. So that was uh, really the first time I hit record. So that's the cringe, the whole the whole thing. <laughs> and was it one long take? Did you make it through or did you have to cut it up and package it up for the first release? Oh, I did all my editing for quite a while. I'd say almost for the first year, I was doing my own editing. So so yeah, I would I would record it and then edit it down and then package it out and send it. So there was definitely some edits in there, some some things I had to redo. And I still do it today. I mean, as I'm recording a podcast episode, I'll go through it and I'll, I'll apologize to the editor at the end, you know, so many mistakes or, you know, sorry for so many mistakes or sorry for extra work. And then if some I do that, it just seems like I'm in the I'm in the zone and it's like I can just I could just do it. Especially the ones I like doing are the the ones where I'm just getting something off my chest or something I'm venting about or something that I'm just sitting here like I'm just it's a different kind of feeling when I have the podcast episode and those, I feel like I can just get done, you know, and, and move on. I think there was something I was complaining about one time with encryption or something about needing a new antenna on your house versus not needing an antenna. I, I think those episodes, I think to me, they come out with a little bit less editing, but you know, there was, there was no like me record an episode and then I just never published it. And, and it's funny too, because I've heard other, other big podcasters that dig up their old stuff and it's 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 really a different podcast i mean it's it's you know there's no energy behind it and, and i listen to my first podcast and i go oof you know that's that's tough <laughs> but it's there so it's just just goes to show you know it's it, everybody grows into their hobbies it's, it's kind of why i leave it up there you know absolutely i mean it's it it's always difficult to listen to yourself just in a regular recording. I yeah. can't imagine, you know, have something you put out there for others to consume. So I, I, I give you a pat on the back for doing that and leaving it out there too. Cause I, I, I suppose there, you, you wouldn't want to go back and, and change that if you could. Actually, that don't, was one of my Don't questions. make me self-conscious about it. No, no, no. I, I think it was great. <laughs> <laughs> As I consider whether or not I would want to do a podcast, you know, Mike Freight, right? We talk about that. Right. Getting past that mic freight, I think it's interesting. You said you would, you know, if you would do things differently today, you would start on on YouTube as opposed to podcasting, and that's that's the next level, right? Because not only do you have mic freight, but now you got camera freight on top and of I'm, it. My, my yeah, sound good, and am I looking good? You know, <laughs> I'm going through and, that. And right I got a now, face for radio. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I feel the same way. You know, I got a face for radio, and and it's one of these deals too, right? Because I'm going through chemotherapy, so I kind of like turned off the camera since since starting that and and that was in november so you know i've lost my beard I've, i'm completely bald now and i've got the camera fright now right i don't really want to be in front of the camera and that's why a lot of the videos that i've been putting out recently have just been 
you know, B-roll or just radio shots. And I'm not even in the videos anymore because I've got that camera shyness now. And I actually just sat down yesterday and recorded a, a YouTube short that I sent to my editor. And I'm back in front of the camera now, finally. So it's like, all right, you know, this has been, it's been since November. It's now, it's now March. We're recording this one. It's been long enough. This is apparently the way I look now. So it's temporary for me, at least, I, I hope. And I got to continue, right? So I've got to just, I just got to hit record, hit that mic, hit, hit the camera, get back in front of it, get back on the horse, so to speak, and continue making content. And I know the more that I do, the more comfortable I'll be, just like with, with Mike, with Mike Shines, right? The more you, the more you do it, the more comfortable you get in front of it. And eventually I'll just have the camera back on again. I won't even think about it anymore. But there is that. And there's plenty of people out there too that do YouTube videos that never turn the camera on. So there's plenty of, of videos like that too. I think um, Tech Minds is one that comes to mind. I think I've only seen a handful of videos that he's actually in front of the camera. Most of his stuff is all, uh, it's all screen, screen shares and he does a great job at that. So it, it definitely depends on, on the media you're, you're covering. Uh, mm -hmm. And I give you... You know all the all the encouragement in the world of of being in front of the camera, if you're up for it, because it's it'll be something that you'll be able to look back on, and that and and that's a you know a chapter of your life, and you'll you'll right. be able to look back on that when you're, you know, you've you've beaten this thing, and uh, you know look back and say that that was me for this period of time, but here I am now, you know like anybody that goes to that family photo album, there's there there's some pictures in there where maybe you, you could have been a few pounds less. You right. know, and, but you look, but you've overcome that and, you, and, and there's pride in it late, you know, down the road. So I, I would encourage you to do it. Now, as I say that, I got to encourage myself to get in front of a camera at some point too. So <laughs> it's, it's easy to push someone into the pool, not so much easy to dive yeah. in yourself. Exactly. I, I like that analogy. Yes, exactly. Yep. Yep. So speaking of uh, some of the, the episodes, if there, I'm sure you have pride in every single one of them, but if there's one you could pluck out, is there one you would like to? You know, maybe I'll, I'm just making up a number here and say, I'd like to pluck number episode 63. And I'm going to put a new 63 in there and see if anybody notices. You know, I don't, I'm, I'm looking here at the list. I mean, I know the earlier interviews that I've been doing or yearly conversations. I mean, it's not the same, right, that I'm doing now. I, I was definitely more not comfortable in front of the microphone. So I feel bad for some of those earlier conversations. Not so much I want to pull the episode away, but I feel bad for the person on the other end who I was talking to. They didn't get the same me that I am now, right? I'm not, I'm not the same person having a conversation that I was. But again, that's something that you hone over time. I'm trying to look here. Is there anything that I would take out? Maybe not so you much know, for the content, but maybe you didn't feel like you were on your A game that day. <sighs> or you didn't get the points across you wanted to the way you wanted to. I don't know. It's it's been you know I gotta I gotta be honest with you. So I, I listen to these podcast episodes once. <laughs> so that's when they come back from the editor. I make sure they sound okay, and then boom, they're online. So yeah, I, I I'm just going through this, and it's some of these I ha I don't remember what they were even like going through. So well, I mean, except the like a uh, the Zello one, right? Um, episode one sixteen is is even relevant anymore. That's where I talked about having a Zello net, and I ran a Zello net every week for a couple of weeks, maybe a couple months. And then it just end up being one of these things. It's like, okay, I just don't have time for this anymore. So I do still have people that must be listening to that episode because they are hitting that 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 link that's in that podcast episode. And um, that now points over to our Discord server, by the way. But maybe that's an episode that really should be pulled out of rotation because it's just not relevant anymore. But um, 
And then the other one is Zello Listen to Our Net, which is 121, where I was actually like trying to get more people into checking in every week. So I basically recorded one of our nets because it's a nice conversation with a bunch of people that was happening every week. But yeah, unfortunately, those days um, seem to be seem to be gone for, for for now. So, well, I suppose as you get further downfield, that as technology changes, that's one of the risks with a you know technology focused podcast or, or or YouTube channel that some of that will age naturally. Correct. You know, yeah. You know, at some point, people were talking about flip phones, you know, on YouTube, the latest flip phone, and they're not. Oh, they may be they may be coming back now, but they they are. They're, <laughs> it's not current technology at the moment. Uh, I think Samsung's got one out. They've got that smartphone with the, with the touchscreen on it that flips. I haven't so, seen that. I'll take a look at that. Yeah, yeah, they they got one. <laughs> they should have one. So, so what is a what's what's the Scanner School Podcast Studio equipment look like? And what was it when you first started out? Okay, so originally it's a, it's a mess right now. In fact, I'm actually trying to get contractors in here to do my basement because. The, the studio is not anywhere near what I'd love it to be. In fact, once I get everything knocked out of here and it goes back to bare studs, I'm going to create so much content on the building of, of my space here and how I'm setting up the radios and I'm building the desks and where I'm putting this and wiring that. But right now, it's really just an, an iMac, right? Uh, an Apple desktop computer, which I bought specifically in 2017 for my podcast knowing I was going to get into this stuff and and I love this computer. In fact, it's my second version now of this one. And it basically was a, um, I can't remember, the, uh, an audio technica microphone that I got from that podcasting course I took. And I am using a Zoom H6N interface. So that takes the XLR out of the microphone and puts it into the Zoom interface. And then that puts it via USB into the computer and I would record into, at the time, Audacity, I think is how you say it. Today, it's still pretty much the same. Still the same interface. I'm now recording into GarageBand because there was a update on the Mac at some point and it blocked the microphone from Audacity. So I had to switch to GarageBand. I just use GarageBand now. It's just it's the same thing, different way to skin a cat, so to speak. But I've upgraded the microphone and my mic stand. So now I'm using a Heel PR40 for my microphone and I have a nice little mic flag and a little, you know, like a shock mount on this thing. So I've tried to take it up a notch on that one. I still need a decent pair of headphones so I can hear myself and I'm just using my AirPods for this. And, but yeah, I mean, eventually I would like to get a, a sound mixer and, and be able to bring some radios in and tap into my other computer with this and a lot more stuff I, I've been playing around with on some live feeds when I do on YouTube and I've failed and fallen my face miserably with it. But it's still very basic. I mean, I could really take this whole setup with me and and take it to the beach if I wanted to, and just record right into my Zoom interface. So it's um, it's not as uh, not as elaborate or crazy as uh, you might think. Really, just a microphone and interface and the computer. That's it. Speaking of on the road, I was actually thinking about that. Listening to one of your podcasts talking about the scanning you did on, uh, I think it was a Disney cruise, mm. and I couldn't recall the the the. The episode number. I know you're really good at that. I'm, I'm always amazed when I hear you reference an episode number. But I was wondering if you've ever done one from the road. I have not. So Cruise Line Scanning, by the way, was episode 47, released 11, 13, 18. <laughs> so, and I'm only good at that because I pause the recording, I go find it on the sheet, and then I resume recording. So I don't have these memorized. I have to look up every single one of them. By the way, another cringeworthy episode would probably be episode number 
60. And that's when I talked to my wife about scanning and everything else like that. That one is probably one of the ones that it just, yeah, it just seemed weird, but I figured you got, that yeah. you got amazing bravery points for me. And I'm sure a lot of other listeners, because <laughs> I wouldn't let my wife anywhere near a microphone where she could talk about me publicly. Yeah. <laughs> But that was that was one where we just sat across the room from each other, and we I think I just recorded it basically in the Zoom recorder and just took out the uh, the MP3 file and dumped it into here. So, but um, I haven't done anything from the road. I was thinking about it, you know. I, I've, I've taken notes while I was on the road. In fact, um, one episode that I want to do is scanning Atlantic City, and I was in AC last year, so now it's already getting to be a year old since I've I've been down there. But just listening to the casinos and public safety, I think they were encrypted. Pretty sure they were encrypted. But I was listening to a lot of different stuff that was going on that you'd be surprised at what you can hear. I did hear a drill that was going on in Egg Harbor. A uh, fire department mm-hmm. had a really exciting drill. They were calling maydays. And they, were, they were pulling people out. They were telling them to calm down breathing. But a lot of what I wanted to talk about, though, was what I'm hearing. And I thought about, you know, just bringing the microphone and just doing it like on the beach while I was in Atlantic city. And I just didn't have the time to do it. I actually, a lot of what I would want to do was, was all hindsight. I don't know if you've ever been to Atlantic city being that you're in Jersey, but they've got these trams that go up and down from one end of, of the casinos to the other end, right? The South end to the North end. So it basically takes you from the Tropicana where I usually stay at, takes you all the way up to the, the ocean or past hard rock. Then it turns around and it comes back again. And dummy me, when I got back from a full round trip, said, oh, I really should have used some B-roll because I want to talk about this on my YouTube channel. And it was just too late. It was like the next day. So I ended up walking the Broadwalk and taking some, some images instead of just having the, the, uh, the smartphone and camera, you know, recording, driving down and getting all the casinos and whatnot like that. But I, th- I think that would have been a really neat episode just to be there and, and talk about it and just have the radio going and, and, and have everything live. But um, yeah, maybe the next trip out there. Right. It's interesting you mentioned from the beach. I was in AC a few months back and I can't remember which hotel I was at, but I was up on like the 13th, 14th floor and, and knowing the topography of how flat Jersey is mm. in that area, I was wondering how far out you could hear from that high up, you know, knowing, knowing the building's going to have some attenuating, you know, compromises to it, but just the height above, I mean, you're probably at 13, 14 stories up higher than most of the transmitters in that part of the state. Mm. Up there pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I had no problem here in here in the Atlantic trunk system, but I'm not surprised being in Atlantic City, right? That they would have coverage down there. But uh, I, I know I was trying to I didn't spend much time listening to the Coast Guard stuff out there, though I probably should have I probably should have done more because again, that would have been a really good test as to see how far out you can hear. But maybe next time. I know I was trying to listen to business bands and I was I was listening to some of the uh you know, the guys down at, at trying to sell stuff at uh on the, on the boardwalk, but having no idea where they are, you really can't tell how far that's propagating or, or getting into you. But yeah, everything does have that, that, that those tinted windows, those lead, lead based windows, I guess that, that would add attenuation, but being up that high, it, you'd overcome that. No problem. Especially being right there on the water. I mean, that, that certainly would help also. And there's also good mill air down there too. Yes. There's a, a lot of military activity. And I, I was kicking myself too because there were a couple times I was out there on the raw walk, and of course the helicopters go sweeping around, and it's like, oh, you know, it would be nice to have known that what was going on or have a radio on me, and, and I just didn't. So, but yeah, definitely some good air down there.
All right, we're going to take a quick break right here, this conversation. And for anybody who's a Patreon supporter to $3 a month level, you won't get this break. You can become a Patreon supporter and help the podcast by going to scannerschool.com slash Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. For everybody else, we'll catch you all in just a second. Chances are pretty good that you shop online and buy things online. So whether it's Amazon or eBay or Scanner Master, maybe you got a new radio and you're going to buy new software from Butel. You can help support the podcast with your online purchases. If you use our support page before buying things online, you can support our show without it costing you a single cent. So before you buy your groceries, your golf balls, your socks, or maybe a new radio, software, or whatever it is. We would love it if you could use our affiliate links before you make that purchase. And this will help support the show at no additional cost to you. Go to scannerschool.com support to find out how you can help us out. Thanks again. Do you feel lost when it comes to the scanner hobby? Are you looking for someone to answer your questions? Do you have a new radio and you need help understanding how it works? Or are you working on a big project and need somebody to bounce ideas off of? Do you need a little bit more personal assistance than what you can get from an online community? And are you looking for somebody to dedicate their attention and their time to helping you out when it comes to getting you unstuck with whatever it is that you are struggling with when it comes to the scanner radio hobby? I'm here to do just that. See, you can book me for a session right now where I'll sit on Zoom and do a video or a screen share with you just as if I am sitting across the table and helping you out. You can book your tutoring session right now by going to scannerschool.com tutoring. I can't wait to help you out. Unication's G2 to G5 pages are great additions to your radio collection. Not only can they alert you with two-tone pager activations, but they can also monitor your local P25 simulcast systems that many scanner radios have problems receiving. And of course, many of our scanner school listeners are happily using their Unication pagers to scan their local trunk systems. How do I know? Because they've reached out to tell me. My company, East Coast Pagers, is an authorized Unication, Swiss phone, and Apollo pager dealer. We not only support departments and agencies, but also the home hobby user as well. Find us online at eastcoastpagers.com. Kind of skipping a little bit over to the side here. What's your process for, for scripting an episode? So, so how, much, how much of it is reading from a page, so to say, that you've, you've typed mm -hmm. out versus maybe you have just bullet points and you shoot from the hip? Yeah, so that's one of those things I've learned over time. So one of the things that, I've noticed in a lot of the earlier episodes was it just didn't sound right. It sounded like I was reading from a page because I was, I was, I would script out everything into a document and I would read it because I was afraid of missing something or saying something wrong today. If I say something wrong, it's like, well, that's what it is. I misspoke. And, and that happens a lot of times too, because you can't, you, you say something, it doesn't come out right. You, you misspeak. It goes through the editing process. You listen to it and he goes, ah, I should have said that differently. Those were far, farther and fewer between when I scripted everything out. Today, it's mostly I keep to the formula of who, what, when, where, how, and why type of deal. And I try to keep or put a couple of bullet points in basically just an outline, mainly because it makes it easier for me to, to get a podcast episode written because I would spend, I would originally spend, no joke, all day Sunday on a podcast and release it Tuesday. 
that's the kind of schedule I was keeping for a long time. So I'd write it, script it. That's the same thing. I'm sorry. I'd write it, record it, edit it, do all the artwork, and then publish it and get it ready. And that's why I picked Tuesday originally because I figured if I couldn't get it done on, on Sunday, I'd have Monday to play catch up on. So today, it's, it's a lot more streamlined. Plus, I feel more comfortable in front of the microphone and elaborating. But if there's something specific I want to, to talk about, it's definitely outlined in a bullet point with a highlight that this is something I need to hit. Normally, my openers, I have scripted out a little bit because I want to make sure that I put the right teaser in there or there's something I want to make sure I bring up at the beginning that I put into um, you know the beginning script as well. But it was it's a lot more streamlined than it has been. So it's one of those things that, again, it's just now that that's working better for me, I feel more comfortable just doing it that way. And I think it makes for a better podcast episode. I think it makes it more more interesting because there's different tonalities in my voice and there's different... You can kind of... hope. I hope it comes across that my, my thought structure is actually working while I'm on the podcast and, and talking as opposed to it just being so monotonal and flatline and, and just lacking any enthusiasm and uh, energy with the episodes. So I, li- I like shooting from the hip now. I think that's the, the method that probably works best. Um, I hope so. so. <laughs> it, does, it sounds good to me. Good. When when you're recording an episode, do you know where it's going to land as far as number, or do you do you have like a, a number that you've already recorded and you're you know I've got seven in the bank, and this week is going to be number seventy one. I'm going to use this one in the bank for seventy one. Or do you already know what episode seventy one or seventy two? And I'm picking numbers here out of the air, but mm-hmm. is going to be. So for a long, long time, I knew exactly what episode everything was going to be. Because I was recording it Sunday and releasing it Tuesday. So it was really that type of a schedule. So there was no there was no room to be sick. There was no room for taking a day off. There was nothing. And that that was a long time I did that for. It was it was way longer than it should have been that I was doing it that way. Today, I've stopped putting the call to action in the front of the podcast episodes that says you can find this podcast episode at scannerschool.com slash session, whatever. Primarily because I'm trying to give myself a little bit of breathing room when I record these things that I can shuffle them around a little bit. But for the most part, I do have them on a spreadsheet and I go into it in a certain order. Like, okay, I'm recording this one. I'm going to record that one. I'm going to record this one. And being where I am now, I am trying desperately to bank as many podcast episodes as I can, when I can. Although I haven't really been able to do that recently either. And it's been, okay, it's Saturday. I'm going to make my outline. I'm going to record and I'm going to send it to the editor. And with things going on here, it goes to the editor literally a week before it's due. Again, I got my back up against the wall, but I'm trying. And I'm actually thinking that this weekend, because now I have you on the line (laughs) and we're having a conversation, I may actually be able to get this weekend four episodes recorded in the bank, ready to go. And then I really hold on to them because the Patreon list could change. So I would have to then get the most recent Patreon list. And then I, then I basically the week prior to when it's going to go live, I'll then I send the whole package to the editor and say, okay, use this. So um, I kind of know, like I know what my schedule is right now, but again, I, I shuffled it up last weekend. I, I moved three episodes out of the current queue moved them to the end of the queue to bring in like three episodes that just popped up that I wanted to talk about. So I, I try and stay a little bit flexible. So 
at least these days. How does it work with the editor, by the way? So you, you're recording what you and I are saying right now, and you're going to send it mm-hmm. off to the editor. Do you just get it back and that's, that's what you've got? Or do you have like a back and forth with them? Sometimes I'll have a back and forth. If something's not right or they forget an, you know, forget an edit, then um, I'll send it back and say, I, I just need you to clean this up a little bit. And then, or, you know, this is missing or can you just touch this up and, and they get it back the next day. But typically I just fill out the form online and it's, uh, I, I have a Google doc that has all the information in it and I just kind of just replace the numbers in there. But it's usually, uh, start with the, start with the intro music, fade that out, bring me in on top of it, listen for the commercial break. Cause I'll usually say like, okay, insert, insert the commercial break here as I'm recording it. And then I give them the, the advert to use. I tell them on the Patreon list, don't use the advert ever. I think that was the right word. I don't know the advertisement. Let's put it, let's call it that way. There's an edit for you. Right. And then um, you close out with this, use this Patreon read, and then that's it. And then I just basically attach the audio files to it, and then up it goes. And uh, usually less than a week later, I get it back. So it's it's been uh, I've been using the same same agency for quite a while. Very happy with them, and yeah, so uh, it's been working out well. In fact, I even tried again recently to just edit my own podcast episodes, and just realized that I just can't do it. It's just it's just too time consuming for what I have going on my plate right now. That it's just easier for me to, to farm that out. In fact, I just hired some more people to help me with some more editing too. So I have somebody that's helped me now doing some shorts and I have uh, somebody that I'm looking for to help me with video editing because I'd rather just create the content and I don't mind paying to have good editing done, to be honest with you. So I think, I think editing makes, is, is, a, is oh. a, editing's an art and I don't have it. Absolutely. I was just going to say that you you probably can see the difference. We we might not as well as a consumer, but I'm sure you can see the difference between someone who's who's dedicated to doing editing and that's their job role uh, versus you having to balance it with all the other demands. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So to me, just one thing off my plate and I'm I'm all for that. So excellent. Have you ever, uh, have you ever caught somebody listening to your podcast in the wild? Or, or seen somebody have has somebody recognize you from the podcast, either by your voice or by your name? I don't know. I, I mean, I know I've caught one of my stickers out there in the wild, but that was because he's a coworker of mine and he smacked it on the back of his truck. So it's <laughs> <laughs> a surprise. But uh, I, I do on occasion, I get somebody that calls me up because they're looking for a pager or something like that. And, and out of the blue, like, all right, listen to your podcast or we'll be talking about something and I say, Oh, by the way, I've got a podcast episode. Go, oh, that's you. So, so yeah, that's about as close as I've gotten. I don't think I've, I've accidentally met anybody locally, but uh, I, I know I was bouncing ideas off of some guys locally here that like, I'm, I'm looking at doing the podcast and, and what do you think about it? And he says, oh, that's a great idea. And then he, he contacts me later and goes, Hey, I, you know, I'm just, I'm happy to see you doing the podcasting. So those kinds of things. So. All right. And then I got a question here. That's, that's completely from left field. Sure. Not related for the podcast, not related to the podcast, but I was just curious what your thought with this would be. So you, we were celebrating, well, I shouldn't say celebrating. It's been a little over 10 years since, uh, since Sandy hit. Mm-hmm. So with 10 years of experience on your belt and all the knowledge you've gotten from the people you've been involved with here with the podcast, if the next Sandy was headed your way, what would you be doing to, to prepare from a scanner perspective and a, and a radio perspective? Yeah, that's a good one. So I've learned a lot from Sandy and a lot of it I found just by sheer luck, right? Because I was just assuming that these would be good things to listen to. And one of the the things I would say is put the NIFOG channels in your scanner. 
If nothing else goes in your radio, put those in. Since Sandy, I would definitely say add business band, FRS, GMRS, and amateur radio mm-hmm. because you never know what's going to happen with those. In fact, as ham radio operators, you and I both know about Aries and Racy's, right? And Skywarn. And those would be things that we would probably listen to, right? As as things are hammering down. The Nifox stuff would come afterwards, right? But as the storm is piling in on us, yeah, we would definitely be be listening to storm spotters. AM radio for sure, right? Just to hear what's going on with 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 those things. And even the weather radio, right? You'd have a radio on that may be just on a weather alert standby in case something happens, right? That's something that you can keep going on in the background. And mill air, I think I would put in for sure. Because what happened afterwards, we had helicopters flying in overhead. We had, you know, drop-offs and all these different things, right? I mean, Sandy hit Long Island and New Jersey. Like, it it devastated many parts, but it also didn't, It's which is really weird. Like, I went outside. I'm like, I, I lost an element off my antenna. My parents were bailing out. Completely different. And they're only 10, 15 minutes away from me. So it all depends where you are. I mean, I had a coworker of mine that had four feet of water in his house. So completely different storm depending on where you were. And I didn't even lose power once, which is crazy. But I would definitely put in utilities, right? And again, a lot of this stuff would happen after the storm, not during the storm. But you want to have your radio set up ahead of time, right? So you'd want to also have Office of Emergency Management. That was something that I was listening to prior to the storm because they were working on evacuations and getting people off the barrier islands. And one of the conversations I remember hearing about that was whoever was who was in the command post where we were saying to the guys out in the field, like, you tell them this is the last chance. We're leaving the island. And if they don't come with us now, that we're not coming back for them. And the guy comes back on the radio and goes, no, they're staying. And wouldn't you know, like a half hour later, maybe? They call back out. Okay, they they decide they want to go. And the guy in the field, you can tell when he came back on the radio, he was like, what do you mean? (laughs) We told them we are done here. So there's a lot of that stuff that that you get on there. And again, you wouldn't listen. You wouldn't know to listen to that. So, you know, unless you were prepared for it. So Office of Emergency Management. And a lot of them are also tied into the civil emergency response teams. Because if they're looking for people in... In, in flooded areas afterwards, right? These are the people that are going to call in there. They're going to call in the, the National Guard or gonna, the local fire departments are going to be in there. Civil emergency rescue teams will be in there. You also don't know who's going to be coming in from outside agencies and you know they're going to be on interoperable, interoperable channels. Well, what kind of radios are they going to be deployed with? FRS, maybe, probably, because it's the easiest thing to do. But that's only point to point. So there's a lot of different things that you can pre-plan for. Like I said, I would listen to the hurricane hunters because I, I know they're overhead tracking the storm. I wouldn't be surprised if NASA has been up recently here. I don't know if you know that. They've been up here in the tri-state area. It's the, la- the last storm that rolled through here. They were up, coming up the New England area and across Long Island through the city and even through Jersey. So oh, they may be up there doing stuff as well. And I don't know how much conversation you'd hear, but you know they're up there. You got to find them. A lot of stuff would would be just finding it by accident, I think. You know, you, you can prepare for as much as you can with radios and what you think will be out there, but you'd be probably surprised to see like what talk groups show up on trunk systems or what kind of systems get deployed. Civil Air Patrol may be something you, you'd want to listen to because they would help with search and rescue as well. So, um, yeah, there's a lot that 
I think I would really get involved. Even even like Long Island Railroad, I think I would put in because you just don't know like how it's going to interrupt services that way either. I mean, it may not be exciting, but you may find that out. Yeah, it's there's just so much out there. I think I I think I would probably run out of radios, and I've got more than enough radios here. <laughs> so I, I, it's interesting to, to have you dispel that out because I, I a number of those I had thought of. I think there are a number of them are obvious, but I hadn't thought about listening to emergency management pre. That's something mm. you think you'd want to be listening to it as it's happening or or afterwards, but to, to hear the preparations ahead of time would be would be interesting. And utilities would have been great to have thought of too. You know, right. There's so many widespread power outages with Sandy to to hear, you know, yeah. the crews in your neighborhood or something could could have given people some hope. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's why I was doing that. And again, you want to listen to all utilities, right? So you may want to listen to your local DPW that's out there, right? Your town services, because again, there'll be the ones out there that are clearing the major road roadways of of trees, right? Uh, or or dealing with any plumbing issues or right, because sewers could easily back up and, and they have to pump things out. So even prior to the storm, the DPW may be active. I know they are when it comes to snowstorms. I listen to the plows whenever it snows here. I know you and I are probably still waiting for snow, right? I know I am. <laughs> I, I don't want to well, see it, but we're still waiting for it. <laughs> I, I think the kids and the teachers here are waiting for it more than we are. Yeah, yeah. We had, we had a dusting, but uh, we got lucky on that one. But, uh, but yeah, definitely the prep work. And, and, and I think a lot of the prep work also comes into... Where don't just put the radios, the frequencies in your scanner, right? Don't don't just figure out how it works. Like when the storm is is barreling down on you or bearing down on you, right? You you want to be intimate with the radio. I'm saying intimate for a reason because you want to know that radio like the back of your hand before you need to use it. It's a tool for 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 something like this. It's not a good time to look at the manual. It's not a good time to try and figure out something new. It's not a good time to try and figure out why this isn't working, right? And, and that becomes part of like disaster preparedness, right? Understand the tools you have at your disposal and, and know how to use them. And if you do need a manual, make sure you have the manual. Because again, a lot of these scanners don't come with manuals. And it's very difficult to understand how to use them. And I, I understand that as part of my YouTube outline is, is getting more into some of these radios to make it easier to reference some of these radios, especially when it comes to like keypad programming and not using software, but just understanding how to lock things out, how to turn banks off and on, how to add talk groups into a trunk system, how to, how to unlock things. I mean, a lot of these simple things, if you're not into the scanner radio hobby or you, you just turn the radio on and you just let it go and you don't really touch it, you need to know how it works prior to using it. Because the last thing you want to do is be in a panic of why this is not working and then you get frustrated. And then, you know, instead of being informed, you're just mad at the radio. <laughs> so, and the person you should be mad at is, is, is yourself because you didn't take the time to sit down and learn how to use it when you should have. So it, that's, that's, that's something. I mean, it's not the best way of saying it. It comes out as being, but it's tough love type of deal. I mean. That's what we need. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you, you should know how to use it. You should know how the equipment works. You should have your batteries charged up and, um, Radios these days, I mean, minus like the the BC-125, no, no offense to this one, but a lot of the radios that are out there have more than enough memory in them that you could put stuff on reserve and just have it out there. Or even radios like the Whistler radios, the GRE radios, the RadioShack radios, they have these these V scanners in there. So you could theoretically put a, it hits the fan profile in your V scanner 
and just get that up and running at a moment's notice. So there's ways that we can do it with profiles and and whatnot, but you really should, if you want to have a radio and you want to have it for, for emergency prep, you should know how it works. So. And maybe, you know, as you start to increase or add to your, your collection, you you dedicate one Mm -hmm. to the, to the bad day. You have it already set up ahead of time and ready to go. Exactly. It's a hundred percent right. Yep. Great. Well, I, I appreciate, uh, you know, the, the time you spent with me here, Phil, I think for me as a listener, and I'm sure there's a lot of other listeners that, you know, I think it, uh, think a podcast is, is you hopping in front of a microphone and clicking the record button, but there's, there's a lot more to it. I appreciate you letting me ask some questions and kind of getting the behind the scenes stuff. Thank you. No, nah, no problem. I, I will tell you this though. Some of the, the, the more difficult stuff is, is just sitting down here and figuring out what's next, right? Cause that's always, that's always the big deal, right? It's it's what's what's next, what's next, what's next, because Tuesdays come every week, you know what That's I mean, it. and they don't they don't stop, and it's one of those deals that's like, okay, you know, what am I going to talk about this week? It's Saturday, oh, it's Sunday. I pushed it off. What is what is next week's podcast episode going to be? And sometimes it's just a writer's block that gets me, and I'm at a point now too where I feel like we're at 270 and change closing in on, on 280 almost. And well, not, not quite. Yeah. We got once to go on that one. I'm looking at the sheet here, but I've given myself permission to go back on old episodes and redo them because of the fact that some of these episodes have been done 200, 200 ago. Right. And it's been four years maybe that I've talked about that subject. So for example, on that one, the mill air that we just did a couple weeks ago, I've already talked about Miller. I've already had a guest on the on the podcast about Miller, but we redid that whole thing. We had another guest on, and I retalked about and introduced military aviation, primarily because we had that big balloon, right, that everybody was talking about, and mm-hmm. I figured it was a great time just to resurface that conversation. And uh, it's funny because I repurposed that audio and brought it over to YouTube, and it did so well over on YouTube. So. Part of the process at this point is what can I do a podcast on and how can I take that podcast episode and turn it into a YouTube video differently, but the same. And to kind of go back to what we talked about earlier here is if I were to do this all over again, right? I said I'd probably focus more on YouTube and maybe not even think about a podcast episode. I understand that podcasting is a great medium to talk about things. And I enjoy podcasting. I enjoy listening and I enjoy recording these. And I like the podcasting platform because it gives me a little bit more flexibility onto who I am and who I can be. And my personality can come out more on a podcast episode. And I can be long, more long-winded and, and you know, if you can't tell, and more of a long-form content. When it comes to YouTube, right, it's got to be short, direct to the point, And you can't, you can't navigate away from anything. You can't, you can't take a tangent somewhere. But I think more people are looking for content on YouTube than they are looking for content on podcasting. And my original goal when I started podcasting was to help people with the scanner radio hobby. And I feel like I am now not meeting my own personal expectation on that personal promise to myself because I feel like more people are searching for this information now on YouTube than they are through podcasting. So that's why what I said originally 
if I would do this all over again, I'd probably focus more on, on YouTube. My big stumbling block, though, when it comes to YouTube is the sheer amount of time it takes to put a video together. My last video I put out was, as we're recording this, was my wish list for a Home Patrol 3. It took me 30 minutes to record the podcast episode, tops. It took me a little bit less than that, I think, to get that over to a script or to a audio-only file for a YouTube video. It took me three weeks to put the video together. Wow. Yeah. So it's a lot more of an investment for me to get onto YouTube, which is why I'm now investing money in an editor to do all that for me. So there's there's a lot of, I know what I want to do. I know who I want to serve. I know the people I want to help. And I feel like I'm the only person that's stopping me from doing that right now. So in order to streamline the process and to be able to create more content and be able to help more people. And I am getting feedback for comments on my YouTube pages or YouTube videos, which is great. It helps me make more content, but I can't create all the content. The, con- the, the comments come in faster than I can read them at times and create videos on them. So it'd be nice to be able to sit down in front of a computer, re- record 30, 10 minutes, 15 minutes tops for a YouTube video and get that over to an editor and say, these are the B-rolls I want to do. This is, this is my, you know, this is me from the camera at this point or whatever, and break the ice on that platform. So it's a different environment, I think, these days than it was five years ago. But uh, I still do enjoy the podcasting. And I want to thank you very much for asking the questions and bringing them here. These these were not the questions I was expecting to get. And I'm really, really happy that uh, that you asked them because it put, kept me on my toes. Let's put it that way. So well, I appreciate you letting me do it, Phil. Thank you. No problem. So if you don't have to go, I have a question for you. I'm going to spin sure. this around on you really quickly. If you could ask me to change something I'm doing right now about the podcast or anything, the videos, whatever, what would something be different that you'd like to see me do? Wow. Yeah, I asked the tough ones. Yeah. That's one <laughs> that requires a little bit of thought too. So I gotta move I gotta move my feet pretty quickly here. Exactly. But you'd you'd mentioned kind of diving into the models and, uh-huh. and, and specific instructions. I think that could be very helpful for a lot of people because I think the course you put together on the SDR, I think it, you know, that on YouTube for one of the scanner models, you know, the mm-hmm. SDS 100 or 200, whatever it might be, I th- would be fantastic because the, the care and, and detail you go into other things on the podcast, that in a video format where they could, you see you working with that device, I think would be great. Yeah. So that's one of those things I'm struggling with right now. So I, I don't want to let, show my hand too much on this one. But it's, it's obvious what I'm planning on doing when it comes to what I'm saying anyways. But I'll just say it. In my roadmap, and I've had this on my roadmap for so long now, I do want to create a course for the SDS-100 and the SDS-200 and Sentinel. I feel like it is severely needed. And I feel like it would be the next logical step for me to do something as far as a training course goes. But that's a fine line with me too. It's like, what do you make as a training course? And what do you make as free content on YouTube? And then mm-hmm. what's the difference between the two of them? And as I'm laying out the course, I can say, okay, this is what I'm going to touch on on the radio here, but I don't have to get that detailed on YouTube. I can skim the surface of this. Like I can skim the surface of just getting the radio set up and make another another video later on how to do, say, FIPS programming or trunking discovery. But when you go through a training course, right, that's all laid out for you. It's one giant 
go to this video, go to that video. And you won't have the YouTube distractions, right? There's nothing on your sidebar. There's no ads popping up. There's, there's nothing to distract you from continuing with learning about the radio. And what I try to do with these courses is make the information so it's bite-sized. So you can digest something in under five minutes. And then when you're ready, move on to the next step of using the device. And you've seen that from the SDR course. And that's one of those things that I know I need to I need to add into my portfolio. And right now, it's one of those battles I have to pick. Like, what, what do I have to work on right now? And again, it took me three weeks to edit a, a YouTube video. I hired an editor now. So I'm hoping that that allows me now to spend that time now creating the content. And I do have on my roadmap right now, creating several videos on radios specifically, and, and not just the SCS 100 and the SCS 200, but to go through the entire portfolio of what's available today from Unit and Whistler and create several videos on them. And I've actually started scripting them out and I've got a spreadsheet going on them already. So I can start planning them and sit down and maybe do three or four of these short form videos on these radios. And they're going to start off with just reviews, right? Who wants, who, who this radio is good for, what the features are, why I would recommend this radio, why I wouldn't recommend this radio, kind of one of these deals. And I'm hoping to get a bunch of those out into rotation. So, cause again, I know that's, that's somebody that doesn't really know much about the scanner radio hobby would benefit from like, okay, why the SR30C? Why wouldn't I want the SR30C? What can I do with the SR30C? Why shouldn't I buy the SR30C? And then they get to like the BCD325P2 and they're like, well, okay, let me look at this review on here because I'm interested in buying it. Then they realize, well, it's not good for simulcast. Then they move on to the next video, right? So there, there is um, definitely a service that I can, I, can, I can grab on there. It's just creating the content and having the time and the energy to do it. And my, you can tell just by me talking and answering this question right now, my mind is always moving on what the next thing is. Which means I never have time to do it now. So your mind's always moving. So I, I guess my next question to that would be: if it wasn't scanners for a podcast and a YouTube channel, mm-hmm. and time was unlimited, what would be the next one for you? What besides this? Besides yeah. what I'm doing now? Yeah. Does, is there is there something else that tickles your brain the same way that you'd want to? You know, if, if again time was infinite mm-hmm. and, your, and your schedule is open, would you? Was there another, is there another topic that Phil would love to have a, a YouTube channel on? Or oh, yeah, there was so there certainly was so. When I first got started into blogging, before I even came up with the podcast, I actually had a blog and I called it Mr. Celiac because I have celiac disease, which means I have to be gluten-free. So it was going to be just a blog on my life with somebody who had celiac disease. And it was going to be tips and guides on how to navigate restaurants and the grocery store aisles and recipes and even like cooking i was i was even envisioning envisioning like a whole like youtube series on just making meals and because it's all big stuff right people get into this uh, keto and and all these other kinds of diets and there's a couple guys out there that do really really well with gluten-free content surprisingly a lot of especially now with you know these photo bloggers right that or these uh, what do you call them? these these people that take pictures of their dinners and the meals they get and whatnot and that was definitely something I was setting out to do. And it just became too difficult. It was so many things I was doing at that time. I still have the email address. I still have the domain. The website's long gone because I just couldn't keep up with it. But 
again, that was something I thought that wasn't out there really to, to uh, you know, there was ways to make money off of it, right? I could have sold books and guides and magazine subscriptions and ads and, and, and services to dietary, whatever it was. But again, the, the goal for me was really to get out there and help people navigate because it's one of these things that when somebody gets diagnosed with celiac disease, it's like, holy cow, I can't eat what I used to eat anymore. In fact, my, my, my wife and daughter killed me tonight because I ordered White Castle. I don't think my wife's had White Castle since I was able to eat it back in 2009. And they're killing me because I used to eat that stuff by the sack. <laughs> <laughs> they bring it into my house and I can't eat it tonight. But yeah, I mean, just, just something like that. It's like, well, why can't I have Taco Bell? Well, because they put oats as a filler. You know, these things that you don't realize. Or why can't I have pizza? Because it's cross-contaminated with all the flour that's airborne. So, um, you know, a lot of things of navigating, especially as somebody who's new to it. You know, it was definitely a, a community I could have served. And if time was infinite, yeah, I would have I would have loved to. If time was even more infinite, I'd love to get into, you know, we talked about resto mods. Pick up a couple of, of beat-up classics, you know, like you see like on Roadkill or something like that. And uh, get them roadworthy again and get them on the air, you know, on the road. But yeah, I mean, if, if time, time's the killer. And, and it's funny you say that because I've been saying to everybody all week, I feel like I have a clock over my head that's just counting down. <laughs> so it, it's crazy. Well, here's so. to hoping with, uh, with editors and, and the, the YouTube winnings uh, that you'll, you'll be able to free yeah. up time somewhere else to, to challenge or challenge or take on these additional challenges. Yeah. And the thing is, I love doing it, right? And that's the problem. It's like, what what do you stop that you love doing? And, and I was always so intimidated by YouTube and to talk about that, that, you know, just getting it recorded and turning on the camera and getting it. I was always so intimidated by YouTube that I shied away for so long. And now I started putting some videos up there. I'm like, I'm really liking it. You know, I'm, I'm loving the platform now. And, and it's really cool to see like the numbers increasing. I picked up a thousand subscribers in one month. And for the last right. couple of years, I picked up a thousand subscribers in an entire year. So I'm really I feel like I'm hitting on all cylinders over there, but I haven't put out a video now in over a month because I just don't have the time for it. So that's why I'm hoping with the video editors and whatnot that I can help serve more people just by making my life easier by by hiring the editors. So it, it'll definitely benefit more than just me by doing this investment. So And I hope you find that the experience you gain doing the podcast first, you know, makes you more efficient there. Because you're not having to yeah. learn both skill sets. I think so. I think so. It's a different skill. I'll tell you that right out of right out of the gate. It's totally different. It's so but the podcasting, I think, has helped me get more comfortable just just speaking. And um, I think that helps too with the YouTube stuff. I agree. All right. Any other questions for me? No, those are the questions I had. Uh, the only other thing I had here was um I I, I know you've spoken to the the fight you're currently in. And where I dispatched, uh, a 1034 was a fight. So I want to let you know that I, I'm sure I speak for, for many people that listen to, to your podcast and, and view your channel, that we're all pulling for you, Phil. We want you to, we want you to win your 34. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. You're all right, welcome. John. Thank you again for, uh, for bringing this podcast episode to everybody. This, this was completely on you. I knew I threw... Threw you in the hot seat, so to speak, by uh, just swinging the mic the other way around virtually, and then and and putting you in. You did a great job asking questions. You are a natural at this, so if you decide you want to do your own podcast, you will be absolutely fine on the microphone. So don't worry about that one. And again, really quickly, how was the process of booking this conversation? Did, did, was it easy for you to do? 
I, I don't think he could have made it easier, not only from the booking, but the reminders to make sure I, you know, I knew what time to, to be ready to go. It, it was spot on. Excellent. Love to hear that. Hopefully somebody else listens to that as well and says, okay, it's not that challenging. Let me go online and book a conversation too, because I love, uh, like I said, I love being able to reach out to more people that are in a hobby. So it's, it's great to, uh, to be able to do that. So John, again, I won't hold you. We've been talking for a while. So again, thank you so much for bringing this to the podcast and being a great host. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me, Phil. Okay. Thanks again. John, thanks again for coming on the podcast. I really did have a good time and the questions that you were asking were excellent. And I just want to say that you and I had a little bit of a conversation after the fact and based on the way everything here sounds and the way things went, I think you should act on what it was that we talked about. And when you're ready, I'd love to have you back on the podcast and anything I can do to help you out, you let me know. So for anybody else who wants to be a part of the podcast, please go to scannerschool.com slash ask. Again, this is just a conversation between two scan nerds, right? Two scanner radio guys that like talk about radios and all things RF and, you know, bouncing ideas off each other and just having fun, right? No pressure, no nervousness required, just a conversation. Scannerschool.com slash guest. Before we wrap up this week's podcast, I want to take a minute here to thank all of our Patreon supporters. Alan Gonzalez, Arthur Altrack, Arthur Heron, Bill Kay, Bob Ross, Bob Middleton, Brandon Sammons, Brian King, Chris Paris, Craig Harper, Dan, Danielle Cavalella, David Dombrowski, David Pasco, David C., David Kuzneski, Danny Crotty, Dylan Hyder, Ed Walsh, Edward Bramlett, Glenn Davos, Glenn Wright, Greg Johnson, I Hate Junk Mail, Jack Haycock, Jacques Berry, Jake Jacobson, James Broxson, James Felling, Jay Reed, Jeff Block, Jeff Chapman, Jeff McLeod, Jeff Waldrop, Jenny Taylor, Jim B., Jim Heinrich, John Cordov, John Keel, John Sweeney, John Derby, John Goldenberg, Joshua Robb, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin Zwicky, Lenny Bauer, Les Stevenson, Lloyd R., Luke Hartnett, Mark Beebe, Michael Gorman, Michael Kroger, Michael Meadows, Mike Lopez, Mike Piltz, Nicholas Stanger, Paul Bowling, Paul Teal, Randy Young, Raven Hill, Rich Palmari, Ronnie Vox, Scott Lefgren, Terry Wright, Thomas Jampino, Todd Glendie, and William Arcand. Find out more about Patreon and our support tiers by visiting scannerschool.com slash Patreon. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you again next week. 73.